The growing obscurity of jazz styles since 1940 and the emergence of accessible alternatives such as rock and roll and Motown provide the most convincing explanations for jazz music's declining popularity by the early 1960s. During the following decade, developments in jazz, soul, and rock music accentuated both of these trends. Ornette Coleman, John Coltrane, and Cecil Taylor pioneered an expressive collective approach to improvisation by playing outside conventional chord, bar, pitch, and tempo constraints. They placed a greater emphasis on sounds rather than stated melodies, rhythms, and harmonies. This experimentation with form disoriented even experienced jazz fans by removing conventional reference points. Listeners found it harder to anticipate and identify those moments of climax and transition that create tension and provide release. While harmonic stasis and expansive soundscapes reinforce the sense of spiritual searching, the absence of easily identifiable structures and crisp execution confounded the expectations of many modern jazz fans. Downbeat reader R.D. Murrow described the reaction to a 1963 free-form concert. If it had any musical worth at all, it definitely was not evident to the majority of listeners I viewed in the audience. I watched as they restlessly fidgeted about, trying to find something to grab onto, as they were submerged in this sea of nothingness. If the devoted followers of good jazz are themselves unable to find any worth in it, these listeners will inevitably be lost, and jazz will have succeeded in bringing about its own destruction. Those writers who attributed jazz music's faltering profile to its esoteric characteristics tended to blame the artists for abandoning their audience. Robert Sylvester wrote in the New York Daily News during 1964 that all the music and all the fun went out of jazz, as it was taken over by the advanced artists who would rather play for each other and for the silly cult critics from the silly butcher paper magazines. The argument that modern jazz musicians, starting with Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker, self-consciously adopted anti-commercial postures has appeared frequently in literature, both praising the music's supposed progress and regretting its disenchantment with African-American audiences. Yet the first generation of modernists sought to exploit rather than escape the marketplace. Gillespie and other bebop pioneers took pride in their status as professionals and attempted to transform the emerging idiom into a viable, if marginal, commodity. Similarly, free improvisers and their supporters constantly conjoled promoters into providing greater exposure and rewards for their services. The identity of romantic artists tempted Taylor, Coleman, and other experimental musicians only when it appeared that few other career options remained open. Free improvisation's opacity encouraged jazz fans to seek authentic entertainment elsewhere. The maturation of soul and rock music in the middle and late 1960s provided sophisticated alternatives to both outside experimentation and the early decades' formulaic pop. Soul built upon the insistent propulsion of 1950s rhythm and blues, with the addition of syncopated bass lines and more prominent brass and reeds. Singers drew heavily upon the gospel tradition of emotional display, call and response, hand claps, and tambourines. Three performers pioneered this raw, energetic blend, 
and turned soul into the popular music of black America.